All right. Amen. Thank you, Courtney. Uh, we, yeah, grateful for her, grateful for all of our people serving our young people. It's amazing. Um, you know, we're in this series, Worth the Risk. And today, as we talk about this, I want you to think about that uh, maybe you have in your house or like at grandma's or something, you remember growing up, there was the cabinet of things that you were not allowed to touch, right? The cabinet of things, like maybe it was, you, maybe you grew up in a house with fine china, but it didn't have to be fine china. Maybe it was even just like, look, these are the special things. Don't touch these. Don't break these. If you break these, you'll die. If you even touch them, you'll probably have your, you know, kind of Old Testament style hand chopped off at the wrist. Like this is a place where these are the things that you know these are special, right? Now in my house, we didn't really grow up. I don't, I don't know. We just like, we weren't really into like the fine china thing, but there were things that we knew we couldn't touch. There was one plate that we used that was the you are special today plate. Did anybody have one of these red plates that you see here on the screen? Yeah, like this is a thing that some people have, but uh, definitely this was something in my home growing up and it was the, the plate that you got to use on your birthday. It was the plate that maybe mom got to use on Mother's Day, but like Dad didn't even really get to use this on Father's Day. You know, like it's just like, this is too special for that. Like that's kind of, you know, Dad, you might break it, whatever. We'll trust the kids, but not you. But like that's kind of how special this plate was. And I had this thing growing up. Now we even have had this in my house as my kids growing up, the same plate. So much so that even I wanted to make this point today and I was not willing to bring the plate to use it as an object lesson because I did not want to be the one responsible for breaking it, <laughs> right? Uh, so, and plus my birthday's next, so I don't want to mess it up. But like, <laughs> uh, but like all of that, right? We've got these special things. You know, like sometimes in your home, there's the normal everyday stuff, which is usually paper plates for us. And then, uh, you know, like our fancy stuff's actually plastic plates. We have, and then we've got the you are special today plates. Now, so what I want us to think about today, and this is the sermon title, which is very strange, Be the Fancy Plates. All right? Be the Fancy Plates. Now, I want to show you how this is actually what Paul is saying to Timothy in the Bible in 2 Timothy 2, which is crazy a little bit when you think about it. He's saying, be the Fancy Plates. So, if you want to turn there, you'll see it on the screen. 2 Timothy 2, verse 20. It says, this. Now, let me, uh, let me open up the paper one though. Uh, 2 Timothy 2 verse 20. Now, in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, some to honor and some to dishonor. All right, so right here, you've got the fancy plates, you've got the regular plates, you've got the good stuff, you've got the sort of the normal stuff or even like the bad stuff. Uh, this is NASB 95. I really like how uh, this says vessels. I think this is actually what this word here means. I I've been loving the NLT lately, sometimes as well, the New Living Translation. It says utensils for some reason, but this is about these vessels, like these bowls, these plates <laughs> for us in our, in our terminology right now. So it's telling you, look, you've got 
in a, in a big house or in a nice house, in a wealthy home, uh, there are these gold and silver vessels. But there's also other ones that are wood and earthenware. Some to honor, some to dishonor. And then it says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, we'll talk about that in a minute, what, is, what are these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. All right. So you want to be a fancy plate, which is what God has called you to be. Then you need to think about, okay, how can I cleanse myself from these things to be this? All right, let's, let's talk through this a little bit. What are the fancy plates for? Okay, what's the point of all of this? Why does it talk about these gold and silver vessels? Now, one part of this, one thing we can think about is actually in the temple, the temple of God where worship was, where it was performed, where sacrifices were done, all of that. In the temple of God, you had these vessels that were sanctified and made holy. They actually went through a process. These instruments and, and vessels would go through a process of being sanctified and made holy to be used for God's like worship and God's sacrifice, the purposes of the temple of God. So first they would be sanctified and then they'd be used. And Paul is trying to tell Timothy, Timothy, you as the pastor of this church in Ephesus, I want you to go through a process of being sanctified and made holy to then be used by God and to be used by him for his purposes, right? For noble purposes, not dishonorable purposes. And so just even like, okay, that little bit of a summary there of what in the world this all means. There's two kinds of vessels. There's expensive ones. There's the inexpensive ones. There's the expensive ones were used for noble purposes, honorable purposes. The other ones, dishonorable purposes. Now, here's the thing. The inexpensive ones of like uh, maybe wood or of earthenware specifically, you think about dishonorable purposes. What would be some of those dishonorable purposes? Might be taking out the garbage. But more likely, he's talking about this. This is called a chamber pot, all right? A chamber pot. A chamber pot, if you don't know, kids, a chamber pot is back in the olden days before running water and nice plumbing and all of that uh, and toilets. A chamber pot was a little pot in the corner of your room. When you got up in the night, you'd go and do your business there. And then in the morning, you take it out. All right? Uh, and so in the morning you take it out, or in these, maybe this talking about a large or wealthy home, a servant would take that out for you and dump out the excrement. So when you think of him saying, look, you can be the fancy, you are special today plate, or you could be the chamber pot, right? That's what he's saying. What do you want to be? What are you filled with? And what is your purpose? So think about that when you're talking about being the fancy place or being a vessel of honor or dishonor. Um, and so uh, that's what the chamber pot was for. Now, within all of this, you think he says, he says in here, now, at the beginning of this, now in a large house. And then he says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things. All right, what is he talking about when he says these things? We'll just put it on this picture. It's a little better. Uh, what, we'll talk about these things. Now, we've got to look back to last week. Some of the stuff that Tim talked about last week and that was in that passage. We have to cleanse ourselves 
from these things. There was heresy. There was false teaching about the resurrection from the dead. There were quarrels and arguments about meaningless things, he says. And so you're getting caught up in a whole bunch of stuff that you shouldn't be getting caught up with. So he says, hey, cleanse yourself of that stuff. Heresy, false teaching, quarreling, all of that. If you want to be a vessel for noble purposes or honorable purposes. I think a lot of times I or we tend to think of what is this like dishonorable, you know, stuff or what, are, what is all of that that we should be cleansing ourselves from. And I kind of have all, like tended in my life to kind of go to the, what I would call like the sex, drugs, and rock and roll sins. You know, like when you kind of think about that kind of stuff and it's like, hey, here he's saying, yeah, sure, that stuff. But look here, just as much on that list should be quarreling about these things, that it's bringing in arguments about meaningless topics, things that you shouldn't be focusing your time on. So it's, it's a wasting of time. It's a spending of time uh, improperly. It's, it's disunity in the body over non-essential items. It's, uh, but it's also false teaching and heresy about what is most important. And so he's saying, remember that all of that is just as much on this list. And we're going to see this term in the next verse, youthful lusts, as something we should run from. So it's still some of the sex, drugs, and rock and roll kind of sins. But for us, I want us to think about what are those, um, you know, things for us that we should be avoiding here. It's not just drugs, sexual temptation, all of that. But it's also this quarreling and meaningless talk and chatter. And so consider for your life. Consider this for your life. And so Paul is saying to Timothy, listen, I want you to have a life of purpose. I want you to have a life of honor, of serving God in this way. I want you to be able to have that. And so for you to be able to have that, you need to cleanse yourself of all that stuff. You need to not be the chamber pot. It's not just, you know, it's not just about what you don't do, it's also about what you do do. And that's, that's the stuff that goes in the chamber pot, right? The do do. Um, and so we, we consider that. That's your dad joke for today. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I got even distracted by how bad that was. But, um, Paul, but Paul wants to be, Timothy to be about that, to honor God, to serve him well. What do you want your life to be about? What do you think God wants your life to be about? And what do you need to be able to be cleansed from by God's Spirit, by God working through you, by the grace of Jesus, for you to be able to live that kind of purpose out? Now, in the very next verse, he gives you some instructions on how to do that. Okay? Cleanse yourself from this stuff. And then he says this, Now flee from youthful lusts. And pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those, see that? With those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. All right, so you're supposed to run away from some things. You're supposed to run towards some things. He says, flee, run away, get away from those youthful lusts and run towards righteousness, faith, love, peace. And so like that's part of how you can do all this, right? How you can make yourself <laughs> through the work of the Holy Spirit in your life a fancy plate, right? Here's how you can be a fancy plate that's used for good things, that's used for the, the festivals, the special days, the parties, all of that, the good purposes 
promises of God rather than the excrement to be thrown out, here's what you got to do. Run away and run toward. First off, flee from youthful lusts. All right, kind of a, you know, it's an interesting word when you think about that, youthful lusts. What were those things And in your youth, or if you are young, or you think of yourself as young, we can all kind of put ourselves in that spot. What were the things of youth that we were tempted by, that we lusted for, that weren't good for us? And I do think this tends to be more of the sins of temptation. If that's over-drinking, or sexual temptation, or drugs, or greed, even treating people cruelly in some way with sarcasm and And being cruel to others, it's not just a a lust of youth, but it tends to be one. Uh, I would think this this thing I even talked about of like wasting time, right, with senseless stuff. It's like maybe maybe it's senseless arguments, but maybe it's just any senseless activity. If it's nonstop scrolling or if it's video games for hours and hours and hours, whatever that is, wasting life, a life that is not with purpose— but a life that is just wasted with self-centeredness, self-centered attention. And all of us can struggle with that. Now, I think whether you're young, those are those lusts for you now. If you're older, you can think of those lusts, and maybe a lot of those are still those for you now. I don't think this is letting off someone. It's just trying to get to think of what could these things be. So what are those passions of youth that are stimulating to you now, that are still tempting you now. And what I want you to know is, within all of this, we know that we as followers of Jesus, believers in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that have entrusted our lives to him, that have received that free gift of salvation that he offers, for us there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We are forgiven. We are clean. We are covered by his grace. There is no condemnation in Christ. There is conviction in the spirit, and there, there are consequences in this world. Okay? There's no condemnation in Christ. There is conviction of the Spirit, and there are consequences in this world. And I want us to understand that, that we are covered by His grace, but we should have a sense of conviction from Him and a recognition that if we don't flee from youthful lusts, there can be consequences, right? And I think what what Timothy's trying to tell Paul is, look, your progress is going to be stunted. Your growth is going to be stunted when you stay in your youthful lusts. If you want to have this life of purpose, if you want to have this honorable life, flee from that stuff. Get away from that stuff. It's not going to help you. It's only going to hold you back. It's only going to get you down. But then he moves on from that into this, to pursue these things. Righteousness, faith, love, and peace. I love that he gives you one thing to run away from, youthful us. He gives you four things to run toward. Again, the Christian life isn't, not, isn't just what you don't do. It's what you do do. All right. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about faith, love, hope, and peace. Relatively quickly, because I want us to think, like, why would he choose these things for us to pursue? Okay. This is what we're supposed to run toward. And first of all, I think, This is just a beautiful picture of God. This is who God is. This is what God cares about. He cares about righteousness, faith, 
love and peace. He knows how those youthful lusts are going to take you out. They're going to stunt your growth. They're going to put you on the sideline instead of in the game. And he knows that pursuing this is what's going to be for your great good and also his glory. Now, righteousness. Righteousness is doing what is in agreement with God's standards. Okay? It's biblical justice also. It's doing what's in agreement with what God has set forth. And it's this pursuit of biblical justice. Righteousness. Faith. Faith is an awesome word because faith is belief and trust with an implication that actions will follow. There's no such thing as belief in this mindset of the first century person, the first century believer. Faith without action does not exist. Therefore, it's not faith. It's not belief if you don't actually act it out. And so for all of us to remember that that's what it means to have faith in God. Love, this is the word agape, that beautiful word for love that's an active love from God to us and an active love that we are to have for God and others. And check this, even our enemies. That's the kind of love that we are to pursue. And then finally, peace, harmony, tranquility. It's the Greek word here in this passage, but it's all got roots in the Hebrew word of shalom. That shalom, that wholeness with God, that, that sense of like when Adam and Eve walked with God in the Garden of Eden when everything was right. That beautiful sense of peace with God in our world. That's what we're to run towards. That's what we're to be about. And he says you're to run towards all of that with others with a pure heart. And so we who love God with that pure heart. And so this is not to be done alone. This is not the kind of thing that you can do by yourself. This is the kind of thing that you are supposed to ask someone to help you to be able to live this stuff out. Will you help me to know how do I run away from the youthful lusts that I have as you've confessed those things and expressed how you need help in that and then help me to be able to pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. That's, that's what it means to be discipled. That's what it means to have someone mentor you in the faith and say, hey, will you help me to run from this and run towards that? Will you help me? And then you're helping someone else. And that's this whole thing of the Christian life. Maybe that's something your life group can talk about at some point. Hey, how can we do this? How can we run away from this and towards that? We're supposed to do this with others who are following Jesus as well. Um, and so all of this, this whole thing of running away and running towards... It's hard. Like, and it's, a, it's, it's both like something that you do in the temporary and it's something that you do in the long term. It's something you do now. It's something you do over the course of your life. And there's kind of this process of trying, but also a process of training. Okay? Trying and training. Now, I want to invite up someone in our church to help us kind of process through that a little bit, who I think is actually a really great expert on some of this kind of stuff and a growing expert on it, and that's Aaron Holm. Can you just welcome up Aaron Holm? Um, Aaron uh, Holm has been serving very faithfully here at our church for a long time and uh, served in high school and then currently serves in college ministry as well as global reach and our, not just our whole reach ministry and done a great job. She's going to continue working some in college and reach as well, but her new uh, title is actually the pastor of spiritual formation. We'll be spending most of her time on that of helping us as we are to be formed by Christ, to be formed to be more like 
like Christ. And like a lot of that's through a lot of different things, discipleship, spiritual direction, other things that she uh, will help us all with. And so I thought she'd be great for talking to us about some of this. So go ahead, take it away. Hey guys. Yes, so when it comes to this whole idea of, in Paul's terms here, fleeing from and pursuing and running towards these other things, he also has similar language in, in Colossians 3 where he says, put off these things and put on these things. And if you're anything like me, I think I'm like, I, I want to. I want to put these things off. I want to flee from these things. But I often struggle with the how. Okay, so I leave, I'm sitting in this room and I go, yes, I'm going to leave this room and I'm going to say yes, I'm going to pursue God and I'm going to flee from these things. And I'm making a choice to do that. But then I find out tomorrow, I'm like, man, like, how come I can't do it? And the how is so hard. How do we actually do this? What is this process of actually being able to do this? And I want to suggest that the Christian life, part of the Christian life of discipleship and of, of being obedient to God, to his word, is about trying and training. So trying. Trying involves our will. Okay, our will is the human capacity to say yes right now. Have you guys ever heard the term willpower? Yes, we got willpower, right? So say I'm on a run and I'm running and I have half a mile left. And I'm like, I am so tired. I want to give up right now. But I have in my will, my willpower to say yes. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to finish this half mile. No matter how tired I am, I have this thing in my will to say yes right now. And it's similar in our Christian lives in our spiritual walks with the Lord. God has given us a will to say yes to the commands of God right now. We have the ability to say yes. We have the ability to pursue love, to pursue peace, to pursue righteous living. We can have that in our will. And that's where it starts. This is how we try. Trying is the beginning. Trying is a very essential part to this. But trying is not where it stops. Trying then should turn into training. It's more of a training. As we try, the goal is as we're trying and trying and trying and saying yes to God right now, the goal is actually long-term transformation. The goal is that as we continue to say yes, we are open to long-term training so that we can naturally love, we can naturally be peaceful because it comes from a part of our heart that has been transformed by the Holy Spirit. So we train. We don't just try, we train. Training then involves our character. Now our character is who we are right now. We've all been formed in so many ways and we are who we are because of our life experiences, so much more that I won't get into right now. But your character is what training involves. And your character comes up, it's how do I know what my character is? Your character comes up when maybe you're, you know, you've been following Jesus for a while. And say, for example, someone comes to you and they're very angry. And instead of responding back in anger and saying things you shouldn't say, you, you have peace. And you're kind. And you say, yes, like, I can hear you. And you're like, oh, wow, okay, my character's been formed good there. Or maybe you've been following Jesus for a while and maybe... Same situation, someone comes up to you and they're really angry with you and then you just want to be angry back, right? And not be loving. Well, maybe that part of your character hasn't been formed well. And maybe you're like, man, why am I not engaging 
with this person the way I should be, the way I want to be after so many years of following Jesus. Or maybe it's other things like worry. Maybe you're, God, why am I still struggling with worry after all these years I've been following you? What's going on? And so while training, while, while, while trying is the important part, is, is the beginning. Training is essential again. So it's not like you're, I want to give you an example, not like you uh, say, you wake up one day and you're like, I'm going to, I really want to fly an airplane. I'm going to try to fly an airplane today. You don't just try to fly an airplane because that's terrifying and probably won't end well, right? No, you train. You train to fly an airplane. You train for many things in life. Most things in life you train for. All right, I want to learn how to build a computer from the ground up. Well, you have to train to do that. You don't just try it one day and automatically you got that computer, right? Almost everything in life is about training. And I think sometimes we think that even training in our spiritual lives will be so much easier. Loving others with being a patient person, with putting off these things and fleeing from these things and pursuing these things, we think it'll be so much easier sometimes in the Christian walk. But I want us to also suggest that this training, while it's similar to other things in our Christian walk, is an unusual kind of training when it comes to our spiritual lives and our walks with Jesus. It's not merely a training in fortitude, in mustering up courage and be like, yes, I'm going to do this, or, or saying, I'm going to have so much adrenaline that I can like, get through this, right? I'm going to be really loving today. That won't last long. It's like willpower. It won't, willpower is only powerful for a certain amount of time, right? But a training in our spiritual walks is a training in dependence. A dependence on another person and letting another person, God, the Holy Spirit, impact you. For you cannot do it on your own. Have you guys heard of John 15, 5? Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, in me and you, then you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. This training is about dependence and abiding. First saying yes to God, but then being open to this process of training and transformation. So what might it look like not to just try, not just to walk out these doors today and muster up this yes just today, but to wake up tomorrow and to choose God, to say yes to God day in and day out, to start this process of training. I want to suggest there's two ways. First, you can wait for this stuff to come up. You can wait and see, wow, man, I'm really not loving, or man, I really don't have much peace right now. Wow, I don't think I'm living a righteous life, or wow, like I'm really worried, or I'm really envious. Man, you can wait for this, you, could, you can kind of wait for it to come up and then be like, okay, I'm struggling, God help me, right? I want to walk with you in this. Or you can, you can say, God, I know this is in my heart. I don't want to wait to get triggered. I don't want to wait for an opportunity to arise. I want to go in right now, and I want to pursue training with you because this stuff is serious, and I want to be obedient to you. So there's so much more to say about this. That's all the time I have this morning, but I want to suggest to you that as you try, that is a great start, but open up your heart to a long-term training because as the Holy Spirit is with you, residing in you, he is the main agent of change, and he will come in, and he is faithful to bring us on this journey. That is slow, by the way. It is slow because it takes time to retrain an already trained character. Sound good? All right. Thanks, guys.
So I like, what I like about that, you know, it's like there's this, you still, you're still trying, there's all these moments of trying, and in these moments of trying, those are also training you, right? Like those, those times are, are building upon themselves, but we have to be seeking the Lord and listening to God's voice of, Lord, what would you have me do in this moment? How would you have me respond as I'm tempted by this youthful lust, as I am worried and I have, don't have peace. Lord, what would you have me do? How would I respond to this, Lord? God, minister to me in the midst of this moment. And because some of this is like even approaching God honestly. Okay, approaching God honestly with this. Like, Lord, uh, I want to stop lusting, but also, God, I want to want to stop lusting. Lord, will you help me want to? I think that's like even some of that trying versus training. It's like that deeper work is God doing that in you of wanting to stop lusting, whatever that youthful lust might be for you. And so it is. It's this long process of seeking God. And so encourage you in this to be thinking about, okay, I, God, I want to be used for honorable and noble purposes, the things that you want me to be about, God, that's what I want for my life. Wanting, like, wanting your heart to be after the things that God's heart is after. And so that's where the Spirit of God is forming you to be more like him, that you are actually after and caring about that stuff. And then that's when then you can be used by him because you care about that. And you are then in that moment the gold and silver vessel. You are the fancy plate rather than the chamber pot. And that's what God wants for you. God wants you to be that. God wants your life to have that kind of purpose. As he wanted that for Timothy, he wants that for you. Timothy's call was to be the pastor in Ephesus, to also be someone that was an evangelist, to be someone that cared for others, uh, even Paul at certain times. That was Timothy's calling. My calling is to be the pastor here of Calvary Church and to serve God in that way. Your calling is unique to you. What is God calling you to do? How is God speaking to you of how you should then live for him? What are your noble purposes for the kingdom of God? We're all on the same mission. We all have different parts to play and roles to play in the midst of that mission together. And so what I'd like us to do is I want us to um, kind of pray and process through this for a moment, okay? So I'd love for you to, to Put your stuff down or whatever and just kind of close your eyes and prepare yourself to pray, to listen to God for what to flee from, for what to pursue. And then even after this, as we sing, you'll have a chance if you'd like to go to the prayer points to pray through this or anything else with people as well. So let's close your eyes. Take a breath. Ask God right now to speak to you. Open yourself up to him. Ask him right now, God, what am I supposed to flee from? What am I supposed to run away from these youthful lusts? 
I pray in the name of Jesus for God to minister to you in the midst of that temptation. I pray that you would experience victory in the Spirit of God. I pray that you would know that you are cleansed and forgiven. But God wants more for you. He wants you to have that life of purpose. Consider now, what, what are you to be running towards? Ask God, Lord, what should I be pursuing? Righteousness, faith, love, peace. Lord, what should I be running towards? What should I be focusing on right now in that in my life? strength to run towards those things. And finally, I want you to take a moment to listen to God for what is your purpose from Him? What is the purpose of honor that He has given you? frankly, you'll need to spend some more time on this. So I encourage you to take some time today to listen what to flee from, what to pursue, and what is your purpose. Spend some time with God listening to his voice for those things. So Lord, we come to you and we ask that in worship, you would realign our hearts to be in line with your heart, God. I pray that we would care about what you care about, that we would love what you love, that we would hate what you hate, God. Form us to be like you even now as we sing. In Jesus' name, amen.